Welcome everyone to another episode of Expert Advice by Non-Experts podcast. You're chilling here with Chris and my boy as always. Chris, how are you doing? How'd you do in fantasy this week, my my guy? Oh, you know what? We're closing in. It's week 14. I mean, I, I think we're all all a little taken off guard by how quick this season's gone, man. And it's like, you know, I mean, I'm I'm at that point where you, you know which teams are in the playoffs, which teams aren't. And, you know, I, I mean, me personally, this time of the year, right? I mean, we're, we're both we're both co-commissioners in our league that we own. And, uh, you know, we, we let waivers run this week. And then next week, like, you're just locking down rosters pretty much. So at this point, and, you know, again, as my, as my co-commish, we, we both sit here and we say, because I'm not going to be in the playoffs at all. And I have a good team that just didn't hit. Injuries, so but I'm man. not actually going to, like do anything crazy. I'm going to keep these players. I'm just going to run them into the ground and I'm going to lock them all out of waivers. And that's the correct thing to do. I feel so when you're at that point in the league, it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it's like I said, you know, it's just a game of fantasy football. It really is crazy to think that this is the last regular season week for a lot of fantasy leagues out there because obviously you don't want to get it too close to where like, the championships playing in the last week of the regular season because obviously you know if you have bigger players like Aaron Rodgers they're nearly not going to play the last game it really is amazing for this season being a longer one adding the extra game for the 17 and just still how quickly it goes and I definitely agree with you the way I love how you and I run our league because after when it gets to the point after this week we pretty much lock down rosters so then no one you don't have the opportunity for someone like for example like me who i did not do well in our league this year but i have some decent players it's not fair obviously for me just to go in and drop ezekiel elliott and be like and give it to the piranhas of all the, the you know the people that made the playoffs i tell you what even though majority leagues normally do have their playoffs pretty much set and locked there's one league I'm in every year. That's never the case, man. This is going to the last game of the regular season. This is a potentially elimination from the playoffs for five teams. Right now, there is the top six teams make it. We have 14 total teams in this league. There are six teams. Sorry, six, not five. Six teams tied for fifth and sixth with a total record of seven and six. And I am one of those teams. So I am oh, no. sweating because Debo is still questionable and Keenan Allen has COVID and he may or may not be vaxxed. So uh, well, that'll come up for a little bit in our waiver wire portion, at least for today, is the whole Keenan Allen news. Uh, and it really does suck with Debo because... We just know, like, this year he's been actually, like, Mr. Reliable. Yeah. But in previous years, I mean, we all know Debo came with a, with a you know, 40% of games played throughout the season. He was good during those games, but he was not healthy. So that, that questionable tag, I do expect it just through history. I feel like it will loom with him into the game, and I I don't know if he's going to play, but if he does play, the the issue is it's like 
does he re-aggravate the injury? And we know, and another thing, you know, alluding into waivers, is that we don't know really what's going on with the backfield of the 49ers right now. We don't know what's going on with Elijah Mitchell, if he's going to clear concussion protocol. Uh, we know Jeff Wilson's banged up again. Jermichael Hasty may be back, it's looking like. But Debo was getting the majority of uh, running back snaps for mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of weeks anyway. So it really, it's it's such a shaky situation over there in San Francisco, and it's just like, you know, in a win-and-get-in situation like you're in, it's just, you might have to make a sacrifice and really dump a player on this waiver wire that you don't want to get rid of. Um, so it, it's it's going to be really interesting what happens. Thankfully, in my, league, my other league that I'm actually, you know, doing well in for one, uh, I am the number one seed with uh, money, uh, money bags. five record. There you go. And I have a hundred point lead on the other eight and five record. So I should be looking good. You're and sitting nice. This week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And this, and again, another thing. This next week coming up, I think it's going to be a lighter week. I don't think the other guy's roster really can compete with me. And at the same time, I'm hoping to still, you know, I should have Mike Williams with, you know, possibly no Keenan Allen. And then at the same time, I should, I don't have anyone really affected from the bye week. Maybe I get Kamara back for New York. And if I don't get Kamara back, then I'll have Mark Ingram for New York Jets. You know, that that's a great matchup for running backs. Maybe I'll even have Javante with no Melvin Gordon again. So I'm really, really high on my roster this week. And I really would love, you know, love to go into the playoffs and just have have guys like a Javante Williams, you know, who may be getting the actual bell cow role. These younger guys who have fallen into these greater roles are going to be the real key for the playoffs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it really is insane. Those like, you know, those younger guys, even, uh, um, I mean, it's tough now for going to like this week for the playoffs, a receiver that's really starting to show off like a younger guy who's taken on a bigger role. Um, Kendrick Bourne for new England, you know, he's a receiver. He's only rostered in only 39% of Yahoo leagues. And total this year, he has 145 points. And in the past three games, he's gone double digits every single time. So you see those like younger players taking one of those roles and everything like that. That like it's one of those things you got to hit them. Like you know, if you hit them quick, you're gonna be kind of golden. But there's still some of those people out there that really can still, I think, win you a league. That's someone that you didn't start with in the early in the season. Yeah, and definitely, like like I said, I, I mean, I just hit on a couple guys that I, you know, I had Javante Williams in all three of my leagues, mm-hmm. and obviously that didn't work, um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But the the thing was, I learned from last year, because last year I drafted both Antonio Gibson and Jonathan Taylor as my two uh, starting running backs. And I learned last year that that doesn't actually work when you have a rookie running back coming in and who isn't on the Steelers. uh, They're not going (laughs) to get that 90% snap share that we all would have hoped and dreamed about in the preseason. Mm -hmm. But... We grab these players like a Javante Williams or even like a Michael Carter, you know, mm-hmm. that we were we were all kind of high on in the preseason. We we drop we got them not to drop them in week five when they didn't perform the first four weeks. Cause we kind of knew they weren't going to. We knew they were in some 
questionable situations. You know, they're rookies. They got a transition in the NFL and they had a predecessor. And again, we saw Michael Carter, who is injured now, but he had a stretch of great weeks uh, being the number, you know, the number one guy once he earned it in weeks five, six, seven, et cetera. And Javante Williams now with no Melvin Gordon will be a real league winner if he can not only uh, say if it is his role without Melvin Gordon there for the time being, I don't really know what his injury is and what the time span is on it. But even so, maybe that Denver Broncos team who, you know, might be trying to compete for a playoff spot is going to sit here and say, Javante just gives us our best chance. And it's late in the season. He's learned. We've seen enough and give him 70, 80% of the snap share. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, agree with that. And it's really crazy. If you think about it, like, you're right, you know, you get these younger guys that you kind of hold them on to to potentially, like, you know, hope or have the idea that they are going to be a league uh, winner. I know you just went through a few. I have at least one that I think could be a sneaky one for you. Let, let me hear another one. Who do you think, maybe like a hot take if you got one, of who is going to be, besides some of the people you named, like Javante Williams, who's another player you think that would be a league winner that going into the season, or even maybe like halfway through the season, you may not have thought that. So one other guy that I'm kind of not sure on yet is AJ Dillon, honestly. And it's because I don't know what we we saw him share the backfield with Aaron Jones. And it's like, you know, we, everyone going into the year was sitting there saying like, well, can AJ Dillon take Aaron Jones out of that starting spot? And he wasn't able to, but he did earn more snaps, more snaps than an injury. And I don't know, now he might just look like the better runner. Or I mean, he's just like huge. So I don't know what's going on with him and what's going on in Green Bay. But what I do know is they never cease to amaze me out of that camp where it's just like, all right, we told you all this, but it was really this player all along. So mm-hmm. he's another guy who I am not like I'm not starting him next week against Chicago, but like if there comes more clarity, I might feel even better about starting him similar to like that of a Tony Pollard where he's been just outscoring Zeke. And it's not that he's getting more snaps than Zeke. It's that he's just more explosive. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, Tony Pollard actually was one of those people on my, on my list that could be potential league runners just because like you said, he's not better than Zeke. I'm tired of that argument that people say, oh, you know, Tony Pollard is clearly better than Zeke. He'd be a starter if he wasn't in Dallas. I think that there are some arguments for that, that he'd be a starter if he was anywhere, anywhere else but Dallas, but he's not better than Zeke, but he does have those crazy explosive plays that and he's really great at, you know, getting catching out of the backfield that he definitely can be a sneaky little league winner for you. The two that I have, um, one is more of a hotter take. Some people may not agree with, I'll say this one first, because he was drafted in a decent amount of leagues. But I think who's a sneaky, a sneaky league winner, because I still feel even though he has so many touchdowns this year, he is, I don't think he's leading in touchdowns anymore because of Jonathan Taylor just exploding this year. But I think James Conner, the running back for the Arizona Cardinals is a league winner this year. 
he going into uh the bye week he had i believe it was either fi- uh, 13 or 15 touchdowns going into it which is absolutely insanity and then he had another touchdown going up against chicago right after the bye and then a little bit of a hotter take that i have is i think elijah moore receiver for the jets is going to be a league winner this year for people Hey man, I I see the path for him now with no Corey Davis. Uh, Jets are throwing in the upper echelon of the league in terms of just they're just always ch- they're down, mm-hmm. so they're just always chucking that ball. Elijah Moore gets me very hot and bothered as a Jets fan, or I'm sitting there saying like this guy is is just. He, I, I can't really compare him to too many players. Maybe that of a Debo. He's similar to Debo, where it's like if you just get the ball in his hand, he'll make a play. He's making, yeah, he's making something happen. So I'm, I, I'm getting very excited about him, but I'm tempering my expectations with him. But for the remainder of the year, I think Zach Wilson's getting more comfortable, and as he should be. And that team is just putting it together. The coaching staff is putting it together. I think he. I also think he watched some of the tape with Mike White and said, "You know what? Let me get it to my guys in space instead of just chucking it downfield." And we're mm-hmm. seeing that Elijah Moore is able to just make plays happen from nothing. So, I I really like him for the rest of the season. He's a guy that I really wish I went and picked up when I saw him on my waivers yep. for a number of weeks. But as a Jet fan, I sat there and said, "That they got me before. I'm not." I'm not falling for this again. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you because you know, look at if you look at it right now. So weeks one through five, the Jets had a buy in week six. He had week one point seven, week two against New England eight point seven, week three five point two, and then he didn't play against Tennessee and Atlanta. So he played the next two weeks, and then he had a buy. But ever since that coming off that buy, his weakest game he had was nine point three points. Everything else from that has been thirteen or higher. And three of those games, he went for he got 27.4, 29.6, and 20.6. And his matchups are going pretty favorably in his side for the play for this week and the playoffs. He's going up against New Orleans, who is the fifth worst defense against receivers in fantasy. And he's going up against Miami. He's going up against my Finns. And even though Miami has been playing a lot better defense, they still are playing better defense in week 11. And he put up 29.6 points with Joe Flacco against Miami. And then after that, he's got Jacksonville. It's favorable matchups. And Zach Wilson, like you said, he's it definitely seems like he's getting a lot more comfortable in that pocket and throwing it to his playmaker and Elijah Moore with those matchups. Tell you what, he's obviously there's no he's not available anywhere. But if you have him, I mean, he technically he is available in 20 percent of leagues, which I think is kind of crazy at this point. But if he's available, he's I think he's going to be a league winner just because of those matchups and the fact that he's he's just balling right now. He really is. And like you said, who else? Corey Davis is gone. Who else is going to who else are they really going to go to? You know, Ims, Mm -hmm. Braxton Berrios. I'm not even a Jets fan. and I know all these guys. (laughs) I don't think uh, I don't think the new regime likes Mims at all. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know what happened there. I really uh, I liked Mims when I saw him the other year, but like <laughs> I I don't know. So yeah, I'm, I'm I like Elijah Moore a lot, and uh, I mean another guy that I just think 
is a possible league winner. And we, we've seen kind of just bouncing around, you know, on and off waiver wires. But it is Darnell Mooney. I we Again, we talked about him just week after week, but he's going to be in a position. Week one, it's going to be Minnesota. Week two, it's going to be Seattle. Championship week is against the Giants. Like, he the... The Chicago Bears have a very light schedule for running back, and I know a lot of people highlighted uh, David Montgomery's schedule. But if that Andy Dalton's there, and we just keep seeing the production from Darnell Mooney, I know he didn't really have a great day last week. It was only it was five for seven, but the previous week against Detroit, he was five receptions for 123. So this last week, it was just five for 27. I know that's Arizona. That's a really good defense. Next week, it's going to be Green Bay. So I don't know. I'm tempering my expectations against Green Bay, but Minnesota's defense has been putrid. Mm -hmm. Seattle's defense has been horrible. And the Giants, I mean, we have to see. They've gotten better over the weeks, but at least those first two weeks look really promising. Yeah, no, they really do. And just throw back to, I think it was our third or fourth episode of this podcast that we both agreed that Darnell Mooney was a droppable player. That, I think, is going to be the... So far this year, if we ever do, like, bad advice, you know, compilation later, that's definitely one of them. (laughs) That was a bad take on our parts this year. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't more. It wasn't more or less like we were saying, like, "Oh, Darnell Mooney sucks." Like that was never what it was. It was more or less like this passing game for Chicago is putrid. So, and I still still think it is. But we saw Andy Dalton come back, which is, I think, the number one thing that's gonna help project him. I would like to see Andy Dalton stay for Darnell Mooney, but. At the end of the day, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but going forward, I think uh, I think we made the right assertion at the time where we were just like, you can't really play this guy with confidence, and if you need to drop him to pick up someone else, like it makes sense. Um, another, like, like similarly to that, too, I mean, we, we were wrong about a bunch of people this year. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, <laughs> there's definitely... <laughs> We definitely made oh, made some no. mistakes. Uh, another guy I think going forward that might just be just might be necessary is Russell Gage, where mm-hmm. it's like, and he's out there on waiver wires, but he's had two great weeks back to back. I know it was Jacksonville and Tampa Bay who don't have great secondaries this week. It's Carolina. So I would temper my expectations with them, but we've saw San Francisco in shootouts and then it's San Francisco, Detroit, and then Buffalo. You just don't play them there, but he's another guy that can have a lot of success. And I, I, I'm actually staying away from him right now in, in my league that I'm going to go to the playoffs in. And that's because I am going to be too tempted to play him. Um, that, that, that's my biggest issue right now. So in this league, I have CeeDee Lamb, huh. uh, Mike Williams, and Cooper Cup. And Solid. I have to play all three of them. Yeah, you can't and, including it, and, and the issue is one of them is going to have to be in the flex spot. And so, I mean, every week it's going to be CeeDee Lamb and Cooper Cup. So then it's going to be like, all right, do I flex Mike Williams? Or if Kamara comes back, do I flex Mike Williams or Javante? So that's always going to be a fun one. But 
that those are I mean those are just some of the names that I mean you could just see right there that are the the people that I was really targeting this year. Like I said, I had Javante Williams in three leagues. I had CD in two leagues. Um, Mike Williams I had in two leagues. These were guys that I I saw the path in the preseason, and you know some weeks they panned out, some weeks they didn't. But I think at this point of the year, everything we've seen previously is actually like really, really relevant. And we can start saying like, okay, the the trends are the trends and they're reliable trends. So that's why I'm going to just not overthink it. And I'm going to say, yeah, Russell Gage has some great matchups, but CD's been my guy. Mike Williams has been my guy. So I'm just going to have to ride it with them. I think Russell Gage is a massive pickup for the teams that have Keenan Allen and Debo or one of the other because with a questionable tag on Debo and like so we really don't know if he's going to be in there and right now is that with Keenan Allen on the COVID-19 IR and they're trying there's no news out yet if he's vaccinated or not because obviously that determines if it's just two negative tests he needs within two days or is he like Amari Cooper is going to be out for two weeks so I think he's a huge pickup and because you're right I do like his matchups because even teams that he's going up against going up like coming next they're like middle in the pack when it comes to fantasy points to receivers so but Tampa Bay was in that too Tampa Bay is ranked 15th and he's going up against San Francisco and Detroit San Francisco 16th Detroit 17th and he put up 22 against Tampa so Granted, that is the weaker of those two, but you have, you know, San Francisco, like San Francisco, like you said, who can't definitely can't put up points. It depends when the secondary wants to show up. And it's Detroit. So happy they got their first win, but it's Detroit this year. And he Russell Gage is available in a lot of leagues. He's only he's only rostered in 35% of leagues. So he's gonna be out there a lot. If you have Debo, if you have Keenan, you pick him up just in case. Because obviously, if Debo or Keenan are playing, you're playing them over Russell every time but it's a lot of risk right now when to not pick him up if he's available if you have one of those players rostered because you need this win a lot of people need this win to make the playoffs like me if i lose i'm most likely mathematically out which is crazy and i'm not a fan of that nah and then you know it's again it's one of those things where it's like if if Debo plays, you need to play him. But yep. it's like if he plays, and and this wasn't the championship week, I would have had my expectations tempered, and I wouldn't have been like sitting there saying, "Oh, Debo's gonna be a like a smash play." Like I don't think. Like, do you think Debo's gonna be a smash play if he plays? Like, no, right? I'm actually gonna dis- disagree with that. I think if. Uh... I think if he plays, he's gonna he's gonna play he's gonna play well. He he the, his weak games this year have only been play right now. The lowest points he ever scored a w- in one week is ten points. Yeah, but I'm just talking about with the injury. I say I'm I'm scared of his injury history as a whole. I don't. You know, that's one reason I faded him a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was really wrong of me to fade him, obviously. But I had no shares of Debo. Debo couldn't have dropped low enough for me to take him because I was waiting for Debo to go off the board and then I was going to take Ayuk because I thought Ayuk was just going to take over when Debo eventually got injured. You know, that that's what we've seen in previous years. And 
it's it's kind of the same reason why we would have you know why every year Alexander Madison is just drafted and mm-hmm. held on to it's because we know Dalvin Cook's going down at some point. Um, and Awful I mean next true, year yeah. I'm going to, next year I'm going to eventually do the same thing where I'm probably not going to spend up on Debo because of the injury history and I'm just not going to like I'm I might be wrong again and and that's fine for me to be wrong about it again but I just you're going to have to pay a premium on him next year and then I still do think he is injury prone I I don't think he's going to become less injury prone as his career goes on See like it's really tough cuz I understand that because being someone who's been a Debo owner for multiple years and going through the pain of that, I think this year really shows that Kyle Shanahan has no love for Ayuk. So, like, I if I had a choice between these two, I would take now, especially after this year, I would take Debo over Ayuk with the injury history just because if he, like, this is obviously the rough, like, option or the mentality, but if he doesn't get hurt, he is the number one person in that offense. Like he demolished anyone else on that offense. And, um, and then they have Kittle. If you think about Kittle has not been good this year. He really hasn't except for, or at least he hasn't been the Kittle good that we're used to until last week when Debo was out. So because of just that mark, that target share and that like market size he has in that, offense i would rather take debo injury uh, prone for two years to come than Ayuk at this point Ayuk burned me yeah no he he did but we're seeing him come back now later on in the year you know shanahan has no other choice right now right due to injury i don't know what it is with the 49ers but they can't stay healthy over there i mean they are like every year we're seeing just Matt, and it's all like the same thing we're seeing with Baltimore right now, too. It's just like everyone is injured. I mean, they got to pick up just terrible players that like we haven't even heard of. And it's just, it's what's coming out of the 49ers actually two years in a row right now. But I, I do expect Kyle Shanahan to, I, like, I have a lot of respect for Shanahan as a head coach. I think he's one of the one of the top five coaches in the league. Uh, I think sometimes he does out coach himself, but I do think he's one of the best coaches in the league. So I, I trust the offensive weapons. I trust any running back that is projected to get the majority of the snap shares out of the 49ers camp. And that's why, again, I had Mostert in two places too, when the year started. And I think we all forgot about his name, but uh, that was one a guy that everybody was fading for Trey Sermon. And then when he went down, everyone was like, Trey Sermon, see, we all told you. And then Elijah Mitchell comes out of nowhere. And it's just like Shanahan says, yeah, I fooled you. So I think it's <laughs> almost like it's kind of like the same thing that we're getting um, out of this Debo thing where it was like, all right, we all thought it was going to be Ayuk, but it was actually Debo all along. Does that mean next year we're all going to say, all right, it's Elijah Mitchell and, but what about when Mostert comes back or what about when Sermon gets a second year in, maybe he's the guy again now. So it's, it's really, it's, it's too hard to predict out of there and we'll, we'll just have to see what, what they retain and who go, who's there going forward. And, but I do think again, that I, I don't, I think this year's a little bit of a fluke for Debo, and I, I'm not going to be high on him next year. 
Okay. Okay. I'm really excited uh, already. It, the one thing is crazy about having a like a really a football season or fantasy football season, like kind of coming to an end, getting to that point of playoffs now and everything. But it really is exciting already. Just thinking about next year. Like right there, you're like, we're just been talking about, you know, not, you know, obviously Debo for this season, but going into next year, like definitely I'm excited for next year already. I'm excited to continue that podcast, you know, going through and talking about the mock drafts when we start doing those all the time. Uh, but I'm definitely ready for next year in our league because finishing last when you're the commissioner kind of sucks. <laughs> oh yeah yes it does yes it does and and not for nothing i mean it, it's 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 humbling though where it's just like you sit there and you say you know what i i could i could learn from this so that's the most important <laughs> part and i i learned from last year and like i said what i did in one league worked what i did in the other league did not work so it's I'm just gonna have to keep uh keep learning, keep getting better and you know, and that's why I, we have this podcast to just keep talking through it and then hopefully uh we both keep learning and just getting better. We can all have our uh our post NFL week group therapy sessions every week. <laughs> Pretty much at this point. So let's go into uh some players to pick up going into the last week of the regular season. I don't have too many. I know we talked about a few already. And then let's add something a little bit new. And then we can say, you know, obviously after that, we'll see how we're going from there. But let's do for a start or sit. So I have a few players that I've been going through and everything like that. I'm curious to think if you start them or sit them this week. And you can think the same. If you have a few, Chris, let me know. And we'll go through to that. We'll give you some time to think on that. Let's go with some players that you would like to pick up or the stash for this week or stash for the playoffs going to next week. What do you got? So this week, uh, do we want to start at like uh, running back or how, how do you want to do it? I'll let you kind of take the lead a little bit more. Cause to be honest, my main people I have really are receivers. So I'll go in a little heavy on there. Yeah. So everyone else, I have a few, but not two people that I'm excited about that. I don't even know if I would pick up. So I'm a little nervous to say it. So this week, starting at running back, I just I think you gotta you gotta pick up Jamichael Hasty. Just like I said, whoever's going to be the runner in San Francisco is going to have success. So you can't leave any of these guys sitting out, and I don't think they have anyone else besides Jamichael Hasty. However, there's always another no-name guy that they'll just have and. He'll just have like 30 carries for like 200 yards for some reason. But our best guess is Jamichael Hasty going forward. So he's, he's, I think, a must pick up. And I think some people are going to be in dire, you know, situations, especially at the running back position. And that's where I've had him actually for two weeks now in the league that. I'm 100% out in and it's been Rex Burkhead and I know it sounds really, really trash, but Seattle's defense is horrible. And if he can just see 12 to 15 carries against Seattle defense, that might be one of the best things you could get. Um, I would prefer that over say Adrian Peterson, who just happened to fall over into the end zone. 
I don't know what's going on in Seattle, but I think we all figured out that if you have Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, in your running back room, you're probably not doing too great at this you, point in the season. You're hurting. If you have all day yeah. rostered in your starting lineup, you're hurting. I, I said, I'm not a. I'm not saying that anything negative against Adrian Peterson. You know, we all Phenomenal. love Adrian Peterson, but we all see the way he's running right now. It's not a, it's not prolific. Three yards in a cloud of dust type, uh, it's, it's, type of energy. I don't even think it's three yards. <laughs> I think it's like line of scrimmage in a cloud of dust. Might be like 1.4. Okay. <laughs> 1.4 in a cloud of dust. I love it. Yeah. He fell into the end zone though. So uh, out of the Seattle running backs, I think he's the most likely to fall into the end zone. But if Alex Collins is back, I don't, I don't even have any idea what what's going to go on over there. Yeah, I do. You have any other uh, running backs you would uh, like so, to touch on there? So two running backs that like. There's one I like a little bit more. They're mo- they are most likely going to be taken. They're rostered. One's rostered in 42% of leagues. Another one's rostered in 41%, 40 to 41% of leagues in Yahoo. And they're just the one of the duo that you have from Tennessee with Dontrell Hill, um, Hilliard and Deontay Foreman. Uh, they they just are going to be like obviously they're the people back there. I do like um, Hilliard a little bit better. He gets a little bit more in the passing game, which I like. And at the time, you know, obviously with Derrick Henry and they just Derrick Henry still being out and he's for, they're coming right off the bye and their matches up matchups are pretty decent coming up forward. You got Jacksonville, Pittsburgh and San Francisco. Three middle tier teams when it comes to defending the run. Jacksonville definitely is one of my favorite matchups there. But the idea most likely for teams that are going into like this later, really trying to focus on this one, they're most likely are going to get picked up in there. But since the fact they are still rostered only 41% and no one's 40%, if they're available, I definitely think you go with one of those. Yeah. The only thing like about Hilliard and I, I would agree, I would go, I'd pick up Hilliard and I would just, you know, take it as is. But the only thing that, I would be nervous about with Hilliard is that I think McNichols is supposed to come back. And if he is supposed to come back, then I think that goes into kind of what Hilliard does, which is that receiving game. So that's the part where I'm just like, I don't know, maybe, maybe you just say it is Hilliard. But I just feel like McNichols is going to come back and still get some work. I mean, everybody, anybody over there can get work just based on their situation. You know, Julio might even be back. So uh, I that's the only part where I do still think Foreman's probably going to have the Derrick Henry role. But we even saw McNichols had a... Not a, it wasn't a solidified carved out role, but he was the you know the third and ten back where he would run the route out the backfield. Yeah, I remember too though when I had him and he needed five points for me to beat someone that I co-host with. Yeah, that was me. And he didn't do it. Yeah, he didn't. You're welcome. Uh <laughs> Not a but, fan. <laughs> so I mean, based off that though, I I don't I don't know uh I don't know if that's enough to say I don't trust him, but 
I know. That's enough for me. He's a guy. Yeah, he's a guy where I, you know, just got to watch the practice reports, see what happens, and, you know, if he's back, then I think I would firmly say that I would take Deontay Foreman over Hilliard. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, And like I said, like, these, those two players, at the end of the day, like, they're most likely are going to be taken, but if they are available, I think you're definitely safe to go for any of those. So you have all these wide receivers. Uh, what are we talking? I do. Okay, so one of them I talked about a little bit earlier um, is Kendrick Bourne. He is taken in 41% of leagues now. So one of those players that he still is available in majority of leagues. It might be a little tougher for you to have in this, uh, this one. But this is for those teams. This isn't a play that you go to pick him up if you need to win this week to get in. Because they have a bye this week. So obviously don't do that. That's if you're you're hurting for a receiver, but you know you can take that loss this week and you're still good in the playoffs. Pick him up because he's starting to show that he is the guy when New England decides to throw the ball. That he's gonna be the guy. He's getting the all he's getting the targets. He's getting everything there. Granted, the New England did just win a game where Mac Jones only throw thrown three passes. So I still think, I, obviously, that game was insane. That game is a fluke. People are scared, and people honestly were talking about it. It was all in, like, the Yahoo, like, you know, like, chats, forums, and you saw, like, social media saying that you need to drop Kendrick Bourne because they're not going to throw the ball. I'm like, yeah, well, the reason why they ran the ball because the winds gusts were, like, over 25 miles an hour in Buffalo. Like, it was absolutely insane. Why would you throw the ball there? It's not, that's nothing crazy. I like Kendrick Bourne going into, obviously, the playoffs if you're a playoff team going and ready. And then the other two players I have is we talked about a little bit earlier, so I won't go into crazy detail about it is Russell Gage. And we obviously went to a lot of detail about that earlier. And then another one, this one's kind of a stretch pick, but he's only rostered in about 6% of leagues. KJ Osborne for the Minnesota Vikings, just because with Adam Thielen and that uh, with his ankle injury right now, he's going to get a lot, a lot more targets because Justin Jefferson is clearly the number one, but you can't throw it to him 100% of the time. He's not big enough. He's not Calvin Johnson that where you could do that and he still catch all of them and put up 200 yards on you. So I like KJ Osborne with the, the unknown about Thielen. Yeah, I, I completely agree with KJ Osborne. Um, he's somebody who is, I think, a must pick up just due to the Thielen injury. And I think it's somebody who you're probably going to be able to play for the next two weeks. I don't see Thielen getting off this injury um, probably before week 15, week 16. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, another guy who obviously I don't want to really advise for right now, but he's a guy that if you can kind of sit and wait on, I know uh, Kadarius Tony is out there again and he's just kind of questionable, but I don't think you can play him this week against the chargers defense, but he is only 35% owned. I think you should take a look to see if he's there. Cause we saw him have some uh, really good games uh, when he was just the guy there. Other than that, I think you could actually look towards Marcus Valdez Scantling. I know we always we always say his name, and when you say his name, he does MBS. absolute jack. Nothing. But after that, I mean, he, he's got a bye. He was on a bye last week, and then 
the rest of his schedule, Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, I mean, it's not terrible. And I think he is going to be the guy that the, the Packers are a good team. They they have the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, in Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think that they're a shoe in right now to just like, I think they have to continue to win games. And it, it seems like coming out of there that MVS is the number two. So I do have some trust in him if I'm in a pinch. Like, but that's just for like rest of the season, you know? So if I had to start somebody this coming week, you know, I would look towards, you know, probably KJ Osborne. I'd look towards even Crowder. I know we talked about Elijah Moore, but Jamison Crowder, he's just going to be the, the second guy there. So he's going to get the underneath. He's going to put up some greasy PPR games. And, you know, we highlighted Jacksonville, but I think New Orleans has been a susceptible secondary. He should be able to be started this week. Miami has gotten a lot better over the course of the season defensively. So I really don't want to play against them. But then Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, both those matches are plus matchups for receivers. Although I am very scared about going with Zach Wilson against Tampa Bay just due to our offensive line and their defensive line sort of a mismatch. And then lastly, if we're going to talk receivers, do we have to talk New Orleans or can we just like push past that? I think you almost can like push past it because I don't think Taysom Hill is really going to get it done with, you know, throwing it. So I think it's really going to be him running it and Kamara and the Ingram show, honestly, in New Orleans. I mean, somebody's got to receive the ball, right? And Kamara and Mark Ingram. Uh, well, Deontay Harris is suspended for three games. So that leaves Traquan. Um, and I think, I don't really remember who the other name is, but it's a really Traquan and uh, Callaway. That's about... Uh, Oh, and little Jordan Humphreys. Bro, do you understand the double take I had to do when I saw there was a guy in Seattle, not Seattle, in New Orleans receiving the football, and his name was Lil Jordan Humphrey? Little Jordan Humphrey. (laughs) Did you you, you know that? No. His name is Lil, like like Lil Wayne, is Lil with an apostrophe. So it's Lil Jordan. And last name is Humphrey. So are we getting the jersey is what you're saying. I'm, what I'm saying is if I get the Saints in Madden, that's my wide receiver one. <laughs> <laughs> so I guarantee I win. Guarantee you win. Yeah, get ready for everyone listening. Uh, we're going to have the battle of the co-host starting up again. Every year, we always get the... I'll say new, even though the game came out in August, we're getting it on Black Friday. We always get Madden on Black Friday because it is half off. And that is going to be on Twitch. And it's going to be a great time. And I can't wait to put this co-host in his place on the sticks. Hey, you already know that. I think uh, the last two Maddens, I've been, I've, I've been pretty much Incorrect. the winner, right? Incorrect. 
I, I mean, you could say that, but incorrect. I mean, you also said this Madden is very, uh, very bullshitty. So I mean, we'll have to see how that works. But that's how you win. That's how you win, man. If any, if anyone's curious, if you just go to my Twitch or my TikTok, you'll see us playing Dolphins Jets, and we decide to reverse it, and then you'll just know what I'm talking about. Some, uh, some BS stuff that he gets. I'm still heated. <laughs> that happened like two years ago. Uh, so, some of those clips are are just classics in and out. So <laughs> definitely go check them out. A hundred percent. Oh, real quick too. Uh, what I we were talking about KJ Osborne before uh, we kind of like move a little bit forward. Uh, when it comes to his matchups, he's going up against Pittsburgh this week on uh, Thursday, and then he goes up against Chicago. So the next two weeks, especially with Thielen being out. I like him almost as a starter, but after that, that's when Thielen starts thinking about coming back. I don't know if you start Osborne because they're going up against the Rams and the Packers. So I think KJ Osborne is a viable option for the next two weeks. That's it. So I just want to make sure yeah. like that was clear. Yeah. Only that's why I said if you need a guy right now, I would like KJ. But if you're looking towards the future, I'd look at some of these other options because I KJ first of all is only a thing for when Thielen's out. And then beyond that, like I said, his schedule is uh, definitely scuffed. Yeah, for sure. But that's pretty much all I have for some pickups going into week 14. Do you got anyone else? Uh, do you have, any, uh, you have any quarterbacks? The only thing I have about quarterbacks is uh, drop Cam Newton. That's it. Oh, man. I see. I want to say that because Cam Newton absolutely <laughs> destroyed awful. me last week. I mean, he was really bad. But they did just fire their offensive coordinator. They did. They did. So I, you got to assume that that just means things are going to get better. I mean, things couldn't get worse than what we saw last they week. They could right? not get worse. They could not get worse. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, think, I think Cam Newton's viable, but I would prefer Taysom Hill. Yeah. yeah. Then here, here's a question that I have for quarterbacks available. I'm going to say the top three available quarterbacks right now in, in a Yahoo league. Okay. And this mm -hmm. is, this is what we are dealing with. Say you have Cam Newton. Let's say that's, that's your starter. Cause your quarterbacks are, let's just throw that. So Cam Newton would be your option. Top three in this league available. Justin Fields. Cam Newton. Trevor Lawrence against Tennessee. Cam Newton has who this week? Cam Newton has Atlanta. Cam Newton. And then Zach Will, uh, Wilson against the Saints. Cam Newton. Zach Wilson. You know, it's, it's Zach. No, it's Cam Newton. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I think Cam Newton's again. I know he burned us all last week. You know, it really sucked, but, but I think you got to run him out there one more time. I, I think it's fair when it comes to that matchup against Atlanta, you know, and like, you know, you look at Cam, the, his first week back as a starter, he played really well. Then he obviously got destroyed the week after, but like he hasn't played in a, like almost a, like, you know, half a year. Like, he's got to get some time. He's going to have some rust. So, like, obviously, I'm saying, like, drop him because he killed me, you know, the other week when he played up against the Dolphins and got getting benched. 
But I mean, in my situation, I have Cam. He's just on my bench because I have now, thankfully, healthy Kyler Murray back. So Cam Newton is not an option for me. But I have him in my league because no, I don't want him to be an option somewhere else, especially going up against Atlanta. Well, I thought it's the same thing with me. And, it, you know, in the playoffs, you want to play keep away. And, and you also have to prepare for injuries, too. But I have Tom Brady, who I think we're all under the assumption he's not going to get injured. You know what I mean? Like, he eats it's too not much like, grass. Yeah. I mean, if you ate that much grass, uh, your, your life's eternal. Yeah. So <laughs> because, because he does it, you know, it's even better now. But uh, in conjunction with that, I have Jalen Hurts, and I'm not going to drop Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts has been a great fantasy quarterback. So I don't want to. I don't want to ever have to see. Okay, this dude that I dropped Jalen Hurts. Now this dude whipped them out against me, and he, he ran the table on me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to hold Jalen Hurts. He's been a good fantasy option. I'm not going to play him, but I'm also not willing to drop him and just give him up as waiver fodder. I would drop Jalen Hurts for Gardner Minshew. Minshew Magic. Well, I, I'm in one league with you, but I'd, uh, I'd like the opportunity for that to happen. <laughs> Min- you, you, don't, you don't believe in Minshew Mania in Philly? No. no I, I, I can <laughs> honestly say I do not believe. Minshew's oh, not the quarterback no. going forward. It's going to no. be Jalen Hurts. Yeah. You know, As it I, should be. Minshew got the... He got the the dream right there where the starting quarterback was hurt and he had to come in and earn himself, you know, more backup jobs. And what he had was the perfect storm of I'm going against the Jets. Easy. You know, it was just that simple. It was just going against the Jets. So if he went against a real defense, no, I don't think Garner Minshew would have had a great game. But you know, when you give up on one drive, the first drive of the game, you give up three throws in a row for, to Dallas Goddard for 63 yards and a touchdown. I mean, you got to know that that's, that's too easy. Like, take a candy from a baby over here. The Jets yeah. are trash. <laughs> do you have any other pickups this week? Or do you want to go into the last little segment that I got of start sit for last week of the regular season for most leagues? We could uh, move to the last segment. Okay. So I'll start off with it. We, uh, some of these players we did talk about, you know, a little bit, but let's go. So the Sunday night game, week 14, Darnell Mooney against Green Bay starts it. That's a sit. In my opinion, that's a sit. I don't think. At that, Green Bay, uh, by the way, at Green Bay. Yeah, I agree, but I don't think that's going to be a fun game to watch. I think we're going to all uh, be asleep by night, uh, by halftime during that game. So I just don't, I don't think he's going to have uh, an ability to go out there. He'll get, he'll get a lot of throws. I'm, I'm cool with him getting a bunch of throws, but I don't think he's going to have touchdown upside. So I would sit him. Uh, it's tough because. Darnell is like obviously the guy there, but I am leaning towards your side a little bit more. It's at Green Bay. It's Sunday night. It's going to be cold. Granted, I know Chicago is ready for the cold too. And granted, I know those games can get a little dicey and could be very entertaining. 
but I definitely I am leaning towards more on uh, the sit side of the ball there for Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. Next option, and, I, and, I, and that's not saying that, like I said, not down on him. Yeah, because the rest of his schedule after this Green Bay matchup will be great. Yep. After that, he goes Minnesota, Seattle, Giants. Mm-hmm. I think that's all solid for him going forward. Next up, this would be if you got him off waivers, like we're talking about it, like because they already you know talk about we talked about it a lot. If you need him, do you pick up uh, Russell Gage and you start him against Carolina? Carolina's a rough matchup. Um, projected twelve point uh, one nine points in full PPR leagues, and he's projected just a little bit less. He's only he's projected ten point uh, ten point five in uh, half point PPR. It's just such a rush mat- r- rough matchup where it's like I would again. I like Russell Gage. I want to pick him up and I want to play him. But this week, if you had better options, like. All right, Russell Gage, or if Keenan sits, Jalen Guyton. And I know we didn't talk about Jalen Guyton. Like I said, we would. Jalen Guyton, third wide receiver for Justin Herbert in a good matchup, too. I, I, I think I would have to say that I would rather have Guyton and play him this week say Keenan Allen sits than Russell Gage. I think that, again, uh, I am leaning towards uh, your way with that, especially with, like, you have that option there if Keenan Allen sits. It's just, like, I can, it, it's tough, because I can see him still being productive against Carolina, but it's the touchdowns that scares me. And when it gets closer to, like, the last game of the season where you need to win, touchdowns is what's going to make or break, uh, like, you know a player a receiver especially even in full point ppr like you really do need it unless you have like jalen waddle you know for example who may not score a touchdown but will have you know 12 catches for 80 some yards you know what i mean then the touchdown is not a big of a deal because you know he's gonna get that many targets and that many catches russell gage isn't getting that many targets you know what i mean and that's another guy who we could talk about even with Jalen Waddle, not Jalen Waddle specifically, but Devontae Parker now being back. I know they're on bye week, but I would look to if you can just stash someone going forward, I would go pick up Devontae Parker. Yeah, I definitely uh, would agree with that. And, you know, obviously a little biased being a Finns fan. Devontae Parker looked great coming back from injury. And he's a great compliment to Waddle. Waddle is, you know, short, you know, fast and, you know, he can run a great route. Devontae Parker is tall, lanky, and can and you know can do the sideline contested catches. It's a great compliment. So being a Dolphins fan, I love you know. Hopefully they if they all stay healthy, it's solid. Um, last three people that I have, and uh, last three people I have, we don't. Uh, Mark Ingram, running back, you know, obviously New Orleans against the Jets. Camaro might be back, but. He has been productive in fantasy with Camara still being there and it's going up against the Jets. Start set him week 14. If Camara's back, so the only issue is, this is the only issue. I if Taysom Hill's there and Camara's there, I don't think there's enough run game to satisfy three heads. And that's just going to be a matter of we gotta see what's going on. We gotta check the reports. We gotta see is Camara healthy. If Kamara's healthy, and I really, really hope Kamara's healthy, because uh, I would very much love to play him in this matchup. Even though 
I would also love to play Mark Ingram in this matchup if Commander's not healthy. That, that's also another, you know, another thing that I can do because I did pick up my backup. But in this case, I would rather obviously have Kamara. But if Kamara sits, fire up Mark Ingram. If Kamara plays, I'm not playing Mark Ingram, even if I didn't have Kamara. I would not play Mark Ingram just because Taysom Hill will, I think, at least vulture one touchdown. I think that's fair. I think because Taysom Hill, that's the biggest thing. Because if it wasn't for Taysom Hill, I would still, even with Kamara being there, I would 100% be confident in starting Mark Ingram against the Jets. It's not that I am, you know, down on Mark Ingram because I've always been a Mark Ingram fan and I've always been high on him since he's been there, even through his rough years beginning in the NFL. But you're right for him. It's going to be he's going to get some, you know, some carries. He's definitely going to get his he's going to get his work in there. But Taysom Hill, I think is going to get to the goal line. They're going to have Mark Ingram in and Taysom Hill is just going to take it and rob one of his touchdowns, which makes it a little bit scary for him against the Jets. And especially if you're in like a must win sort of, you know, like scenario this week. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous for his touchdown upside this week, to say the least. And then my last two, I think one's a pretty easy. I think you still start him even with uh, potentially him playing is Brandon Ayuk, Cincinnati um, going up against Cincinnati. I think obviously he's clear. I still think he's a clear starter, even though he only put up seven points last week. If Debo's out, and I think even against Cincinnati, I think you start him even if Debo plays this week, because uh, he could be like you're saying. You're concerned Debo might be playing, but he's not going. It's almost like he's going to be out there as a decoy. He's not going to be u- utilized that much, which I think still Kittle is going to get majority of the share. But I think Ayuk is going to snap a play or two for sure. I yeah, like him. But- Regardless. I like Debo a lot this week too, and yeah, I don't think I really need to go into uh, too much of a too much of a speech about it because I told you that I don't actually have that much confidence in Debo, not only playing but picking up where he left off this week just due to his injury history. Yeah, which I definitely agree with you. And then lastly that I have for the start sit before we wrap it up here for this first episode of the week is Clyde Edwards-Alaire going up against the Vegas Raiders coming back. He came back from injury. He's been playing pretty consistent and uh, this the last few weeks. Dallas, he had 15.6. He had a bye. Against Denver, he had 11.2. And Vegas is... Let's up the third most points, fantasy points to running backs. Do you start or sit Clyde Edwards Alaire? So I mean, if you have a position where you can sit Clyde, and what I mean by that is like, all right, so Clyde or Javante Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Like that would be like the question. I I think I would play Javante. Um we saw he went 14 for 54 last week. He did have a couple of receptions, which were good. Uh, no touchdowns, but Denver is a stronger defense. I think this game is going to be... Vegas always plays the Chiefs hard. And the bigger picture is I think Vegas has the Chiefs figured out. Not, not per se that they're going to win this game, but... In terms of, I think Vegas knows that they just need to run the ball and it's just going to be a lower scoring game. So 
you know, that that's where I kind of lean with this game. I don't know what the fantasy output is going to, you know, what's going to be available for him. But at the end of the day, if you had like a Javante, I would rather play Javante. So I think that is fair. Um, it's scary to start him just because he had the injury. And then before that, he really wasn't showing being a major role in that offense. But going the fact that Vegas has just been really bad at stopping the run. I think he's a starter this week and going forward. We, you know, taking a look at his matchups that he's got going on after this. He goes, they're all favorable for the playoffs. It goes Raiders third most given to running backs. Chargers, seven most, Pittsburgh, 12th, and Cincinnati, ninth. I think Clyde is someone for the playoffs. I think he's going to be a pretty consistent, it has the potential because the matchups to get a decent amount of a workload and to be, you know, the potentially, we know we talked about league winners. It's kind of scary to think to put a running back that only has 80 points going to this because injury, but because of those matchups, Clyde could be a sneaky league winner this year. I'm willing to be wrong on it, but uh, just like you had, you were burned by Ayuk earlier in the year, right? Like mm-hmm. I had Clyde to start the year. I actually, if I played anyone on my roster other than Clyde in the first, I think it was two games of the year, or first three games of the year. I don't remember what it was exactly. Uh, first two games of the year. If I played anybody other than Clyde on my roster, I would have been ten and three right now. Ten and three, yeah. So because of that, again, I kind of, I kind of got burnt by him early on in the year. And I just, I, I didn't, I don't necessarily understand what was going on with Andy Reid this year when he was just like, all right, they weren't running the ball. They weren't throwing the ball to Clyde and then Clyde gets injured. And the next thing you know is this is a throw to the running back. We're running the ball now. And it's like, I don't know. And that's not really winning them games either necessarily, but because the chiefs haven't been prolific this year, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm not ecstatic to play Clyde if I had to. See, like, I do get that, you know, because obviously being like burned a little in the beginning because he really wasn't a factor in the offense. But I think he is 100% an eyebrow raiser at the very minimum because of just the matchups alone. Those matchups are so juicy for running backs that he really can be sneaky but we're that's going to be a moment we're going to wait and see we'll definitely when we recap next week going into the first week of the playoffs we're definitely going to see how Clyde and how our start sits did going into next week everyone thank you so much for listening to this first episode of this week we'll make sure that we post another good one later in the week going into our DraftKings episode of the week to try to make a comeback because we don't have to go into detail now, but I am down bad after last week after the high I had from Thanksgiving with the winnings I had. So I'm definitely going to need a pushback and you guys are going to hear a lot about my losses later this week. And Chris, I hope you did better than me. Hopefully you're not going to be talking about a lot of losses later. <laughs> well, I will be. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a rough one for sure. But everyone, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you later this week. Peace, everybody.